0: Welcome to a new episode of the Film at Lincoln Center podcast. This week, we're excited to present a conversation with director Yui Kiyohara, whose new film, Remembering Every Night, was a 2023 New Director's New Film selection that is now playing at Film at Lincoln Center, along with the filmmaker's first feature, Our House. And if you purchase a ticket to one Yui Kiyohara film, you can receive a ticket to the other free. A film that moves on the rhythms of a gentle breeze, Yui Kiyohara's follow-up to her acclaimed Our House is an evocatively quotidian film that's as mysterious and beautiful as everyday life itself. Kiyohara immerses viewers in the quiet pursuits of several women, including a wandering university student, a helpful neighbor meter reader, and a middle-aged gentle soul seeking employment but finding herself agreeably lost instead. Their paths converge or just miss one another over the course of a single sunny afternoon, captured by Kiyohara with calming long takes and the occasional drifting camera that seems to have a perspective all its own. Remembering Every Night is a treasure of unconventional filmmaking that abounds with simple pleasures, reminding the viewer of the fragility of time, happiness, and love. We're only two weeks from opening night of the 61st New York Film Festival, running from September 29th through October 15th. Single tickets to NYFF 61 will go on sale this Tuesday, September 19th, at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Plan your schedule in advance at filmlink.org schedule. Now please enjoy the conversation between Yui Kiyohara and FLC programmer, Dan Sullivan. And remember, purchase tickets to Remembering Every Night and Our House at filmlink.org/slash night.
1: I was hoping we could start by um by talking about uh, about writing. Um because uh yeah, I mean in a in a in a film which um feels like less concerned with this kind of like a Propulsive, like linear kind of narrative. And it's more about spending time and, and um, being in a place with people and, and observing and so on. It makes me curious to know um, sort of what your script uh, looks like. Um, it struck me that it might more closely resemble like a, a map or a diagram than, than like a, than just a conventional script and, um, and then additionally, and sorry,' this, this is the last thing um, uh, just last time you were here, I, I think especially in re, in regards to your writing, you talked about musical theory the influence of sort of musical theory and uh, and Bach uh, and like ideas of contrapuntal elements. and I was wondering if that entered into if that was um, the case here as well and 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 sort of whether uh, yeah.
2: Whether music theory was on your mind again. あの、色々
3: with my previous film, I was interested in polyphonic music, and um it was about two worlds kind of inhabiting one house and so in this film, similarly there it takes place in one town where we you know various people live and I pick up on three people's lives um and in the same manner as the previous film, it's sort of this polyphonic world that they live in
2: scripto no. あの、まずをどういう風にし
3: and as far as how I wrote the script for this film, you mentioned the idea of a map. Um the film takes place in a place called Tama New Town, which is a new development um in the out, uh suburb suburban Tokyo. So I walked around um Tama New Town and thought about how I might depict it. And as I was searching for locations, um ideas for the script emerged. So it's kind of true that Rather than writing linearly, it was like writing or drawing a map.
1: Yeah, um, I also, I mean, um, I think the music, the musicality of of the film, um, isn't just at the level of sort of uh, the um, its structure or anything. It's also there's literally like a lot of music in the in in the film. Both, um, uh, you know, what I guess what we would call like diegetic. Uh, music but also um uh music that you've added to um you know accent certain things and i was hoping um i was hoping you could tell us a little bit about about the the music that appear that it that's in the film and and how you sort of see its its function
2: bando あの で、Um まあ、その、so the
3: the music for the film is made by a Japanese band named John No San. John, John no son. Um, and the members of this band actually, uh, appear in that first scene in the, the park where they're kind of like playing music and rehearsing. Um, and I really wanted music to be like a character in the film. And so including that scene where the members of the band are practicing is a way to have their music kind of exists on a different timeline while it also is the backdrop to the lives of these women.
1: Yeah. And, and, and now I want to, ask about, about, uh, the three women, um, uh, you know, at the, at the center of the film kind of, uh, uh, function as like our, our guides, uh, through, through, through this place. And, and, um, and so I was wondering, yeah, could you, could you tell us a bit about, um, about how the casting, uh, proceeded and then, um, and, and yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm curious about how you worked on set, uh, with the, with the three actresses. Um, uh, yeah, I'll leave it there.
2: 3人の、やっぱり 俳優とあの、一緒
3: So first, about um, casting the three actors. Um, All three of them were people that I had seen in previous films and wanted to work with them. And for me, it's really important in my films that the actor and myself, the director, were kind of an equal standing. Um, And so I wanted to cast actors that I felt like we could kind of foster that kind of relationship and also um, create an environment where we are equals. uh, I made the film while almost having conversations with these women. It wasn't as if I was the director telling them to do things. It was more like unfolding as we we had conversations and moments when I was unsure, or confused. Sometimes I would ask um, the actors for their advice.
1: And maybe I'll, I'll ask one more question, then we can see, we can hear from the audience. Um I wanted to um, get back for a moment to to Tama Newtown, Um, uh, and I... I was reading, uh, I guess it must have been your uh, your director's statement from the Berlinale where you were talking about um, some of the qualities of Tama Newtown that kind of attracted you in the first place. And um, part of it, or it seemed like you were saying part of it was this kind of, this feeling of sort of u- uniformity to, of the environment and that it kind of reminded you of like a movie set. And so I was hoping if you could kind of... Uh, tell us a little a little bit more sort of about about um about how you kind of saw it. like maybe even once you were shooting the film sort of um uh uh what occurred to you about this this kind of environment and 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 sort of uh yeah yeah i've said too much
2: tama 幼いま、あのまあ、その
3: so actually, Tama Newtown is a place that I lived, um, at when I was very young. And so it's a very nostalgic place for me. And so to revisit it as an adult, it was interesting to notice, you know, how man-made, it's a very man-made, um, complex. It's very planned out. And so there's a, orderly quality and, um, very repetitive, uh, place. So it'll be like a park and then a housing complex and then another park and another housing complex and on and on. And so on the one hand, it's very orderly and beautiful, but going back now that it's a place that's existed for about 50 years, I noticed that there are, um, a lot of signs of wear and signs of time passing. And so it's as if like this very uniform place now has this, um, Um, these like signs of presence of people or just kind of like the um, yeah just the presence of people
0: this episode is brought to you by MUBI a curated streaming service showing exceptional films from around the globe iconic directors emerging auteurs there's always something new to discover plus get a movie ticket every week to see a hand-selected film in theaters with MUBI GO Previous picks include critically acclaimed films like Decision to Leave, EO, Passages, and All Quiet on the Western Front. Film at Lincoln Center is proud to be a participating theater of Moviego, and Moviego is now available in select US cities. Discover great cinema on the big screen and at home. Sign up now at movie.com/go. That's m u b i.com/go.
2: こう。<笑>
3: Um so along with this evidence of of people just existing and living their lives there, I also felt like the town itself reflected the memories um of the people that lived there, and so I felt really strongly that I wanted to make a film there.
2: ま、あの人が
3: as for new things I discovered, now that I've made the film um, and returned to Tamanu Town, um, the, the area just has a lot of hills. Actually, when they were building this development, they wanted to preserve some of the mountainous aspects of the landscape, and so it just has a lot of ups and downs, I mean, it's very easy to get lost there. Um, while we were filming, uh, one of the staff was uh, tasked with moving some of the bicycles, um, and so we were moving in a car, and no matter how long, you know, the time passed, the staff member that moved the bicycle never returned. Um, and it, it turns out he just got completely lost. And so one would think that if you just use Google Maps, you'd be able to find your way. But the way that the town is constructed, the walkways for people and then the streets where the cars pass are on different levels. Um, and so when you're on your phone and looking at a map, you can't really tell the difference with the le- levels. Um, and so there's this very, like, labyrinthine um you know, vibe to this town, which I think might even be reflected in the film itself.
1: Yeah, I would say so. Um, <laughs> all right, uh, I think since it's late, let's take some, some audience questions. If you have a question, just raise your hand. We'll bring you a microphone. We'll start right here. Thank you for making such a uh, touching film. Uh, the question that I have is that so much of the film is set during the day. So why did you decide to title it Remembering the Night? Thank you.
2: えっと、ま、そのあの、何かあの<笑> 想像、想像しているその、um,
3: so the the film itself follows um the happenings of a single day. But I was really thinking about what happens at the end of the day, at night. And this is just a personal image that I have, but I think of it as kind of time that you spend alone. Um, and so I was thinking about the three main characters and how they might reflect on the day that they had once they're alone at night. And so in the title, you know, Remembering Every Night, that every actually um, is supposed is pointing towards not just every person in the film or every night that they might Experience, but also every person that lives in that community, or even extending it out to every person in the world, or even non-human things like animals. Um, and so, while I was making the film, I was I was constantly thinking back to this idea of um, the night. You know, just that idea of like reflecting upon the day.
4: Your film reminds me of the work of another female Japanese filmmaker named Naomi Kawase. Has her films influenced
2: you in any way? あの、so I
3: wouldn't say that she's really an influence, obviously, there are films of hers that I really like, but I actually want to ask you what elements reminded um you of Kawase.
4: There is a Kawase film about a, a man that runs, a, he runs a, a, a store, and he's trapped in this, in this store. And, and, and there's another character that's also kind of trapped in an insane asylum. And so these, these, the characters in the film have this common, common problem in their life. And, and your film has people seem to be searching for something. Like the the woman that's searching for a job, and the 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 woman that's searching for the elderly man who's lost. So it it seems to have that element of characters with some common problem.
2: <laughs>
3: I see. I don't think I've seen that film, but I'll definitely check it out.
2: Uh, it's a really beautiful film. And my question is regarding your, some of the visual languages you use. I noticed that a lot of time we're seeing a closer look of the characters first. Like if they're having a dialogue, we see a medium shot, a medium close-up shot of them. And then we cut to a wider shot, which is sort of interesting because usually you establish a scene and then you go into the character. Uh, I'm just curious why you made that selection. We see they're having a dialogue first and then cut to a wider shot because i think that gives me a really interesting sense of the space they're in um i'm just curious about your thinking process そうで、なに、あの、
3: it was important for me to center the subjectivities of each of these women um, and also all the subjective views that exist in the world. And so to start with more of a close-up shot, I thought it gave the feeling of being near their experience, being closer to their experience. And then this isn't something that I planned out, uh, it's just something that I've realized after watching the film and finishing the film. Um, it seems as though we switch to a wide shot as the feelings or the emotions of each character kind of also shift. Um and I wanted to kind of show how the each of the women respond to their surroundings.
1: And uh, just to just to conclude, I wanted to ask one more uh, one more question that's related uh, to the previous question, um, uh, which is about your your collaboration with your with your cinematographer. Um, uh, the film, you know, this film makes very uh, I think striking use of of like the long take, um, uh, but. Um, but it also, it's like the, I think in this film, even more so than in our house, the the, the, the presence of the camera is quite conspicuous, you know? It, it seems as if you want um, the spectator to notice the camera and what it's doing and, and, and when it's deciding to look at one thing versus another. So... Um, I was hoping, yeah. Could you tell us a little bit about how you work with your cinematographer? And and it seems relevant to note that, um, you know, this is a, your cinematographer is the same uh, director of photography who also shot uh, uh, Rizque Hamaguchi's Wheel of Fortune Fantasy, with which I think maybe this film in some ways shares some kind of uh, formal ambitions, at least. So.
2: えっと、勝っあの、So the
3: cinematographer's name is Yukiko Iyoka. Um, and she's someone who has like a really strong perspective and really brings that to set. And I think that's really reflected in how, um, she shoots. Um, as far as how we collaborated, I wanted for her to see through, see each scene through her eyes and kind of tell me what she sees. And so, of course, we had conversations about how each scene would be cut before we shot. But, um, first and foremost, I just wanted to see how she would see the, Environment or the scene, and then we would kind of talk about it. Most of the time, it was fine with you know what she um, had decided on, but then sometimes we would just have a conversation
2: and hash it out. 新しく<笑> I, I don't know how um,
3: she Hamaguchi and her collaborated but um, even just watching today, the film, re-watching it today, I really noticed that she has just incredible um, perspective on things. And uh, even watching today, I notice that there are so many new discoveries that I can make through just seeing how she cuts out each, you know, scene or each um, piece of the world. Um, and as we were filming, our staff, my staff as well, were just... Um, so in awe of her work, and there were many um, people saying that they wish they had Ioka's eyes to look through.
1: And yeah, it's late, so we'll we'll leave it there for now. But uh, Bakir Harsan thank you very much for this for this beautiful film. Thank you for being here. Thank, thank all of you. you.
2: Thank you so much.